Benvenuti and welcome to Kimberly's Italy, a podcast about our love of all things Italian. My name is Kimberly Holcomb and I am here with Tommaso. Who else would you be here with? Uh, I can't think of anyone. So. I, can, I can think of a number of people you probably wish were here. Like although, whom? All those really good-looking boat captains oh, from for Italy. Sake. <laughs> <laughs> if he listens to this, it'll go to his head even more. Uh, so, there you have it. All right. I am finally back from a two-week excursion to my parents' place, with the exception of like a day and a half last weekend, so that we could record the most recent episode. But now I'm back. I've slept. I've caught up. And we are ready to roll. Dive right into it. Can I say one thing before? Oh, yes. Cheers. I have something to say, too. <laughs> Cheers. Aperol spritz time. Chin, chin. Yeah. Um, we are having this because it's uh, the day before the 4th of July, America's Independence Holiday. And it's a hot, steamy day. We've had the air conditioning on all day, but now it's off in the studio because that causes some noise. So since there's no air conditioning... Tommaso had the bright idea of Aperol Spritz, and here we go. Okay. Chin, chin, and happy 4th of July. Chin, chin, happy 4th. Can I just have a sip first? Yes. Thank you. While you're having a sip, I'll tell people, if you are going to Italy in September, October, November, go check your passports now in America. There, It's 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 crazy right now, the, the length of time. It's running three to four months. Right. I have a client leaving. Um, tomorrow, no, the next day. And she was so concerned because her passport is three months and three weeks ahead of expiring. Expiring. And I said, there's nothing you can do. I think it's fine. I haven't heard that they've been turned away, but they do suggest minimum three months. Oh, I see what you mean. It's taking three months plus to get your new passport. To get it oh. or renew it. Yes. Okay, fine. At the same time, some countries are hesitant when an American or whomever arrives in their country with the passport that is expiring with three months or less. I don't know that they've turned them away. They just keep saying it. So that's what we're promoting. And Tommaso's FYI, go get it done sooner as opposed to later. Do you automatically become Italian if your passport expires while you're there? <laughs> don't we wish? <laughs> Allora, episode 101, Cento e Uno, was on how to avoid the crowds in Firenze, Florence, during the height of the tourist season. And we received so many emails and messages and posts regarding that episode and thanking us for the alternative options. So we decided, back by popular demand, we are going to do the same for Lago di Como. I have several clients there right now, and actually a few that just left last week, two different families, and a few more arriving in mid-July. And I have given all of these clients the same suggestion and the same advice as to how to avoid the masses of tourists, and now we're going to share it with you. One couple arrived this past Saturday, and they chose a beautiful Airbnb, however, it is in the village of Bellagio. And she and I started planning this trip early last summer, 2022. 
And I warned her, Bellagio is the busiest of all the villages on the lake and one of the most visited villages in Italy, not a city like Florence, Venezia, etc. That's also a hint to all of you folks that would like to go to Italy in 2024. It's not too early to start oh, planning. Yes, Sorry. True. true. It's, it's mayhem over there right now. It is. But this is why we're talking about it. Okay. There's... Everyone has still enjoyed their trip because exactly. I've given this advice. But you know what they say, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, and then tell them what you told them. And you know what? You tell me that a million times and I'm really <laughs> tired of it, <laughs> to be honest. All right. I'll let him say that to you guys this one time, but basta with that. All right. So back to this couple, we started planning their trip early last summer And I was so hesitant for them to stay in Bellagio for two weeks, but they chose this Airbnb because they love the view straight down the lake with all the mountains coming from either side and the large Giardino, the garden, and the house itself. Everything was perfect. They loved it. So who am I to disagree with their choices? I make some suggestions to everyone, to all my clients, and sometimes I'm more adamant. (laughs) (laughs) about those suggestions. And sometimes I go with the flow. And this couple is so nice. So I went with the flow and tutto bene. And as a matter of fact, I heard from them today and they love the house and told me it's a very steep walk from the village. It's about a 15 minute walk from downtown, quote unquote, Bellagio. And she said, it's a very steep, steep walk back to the house. But It's probably a little, is it a little steeper than Chernobyl when we climb up to Mickey's and everything? Probably equivalent. Equivalent. But to the rest of us. You don't want to do it with a couple of bottles of wine under your belt. Oh, I've done that a million times. I know you have. It's fine. Not at this age. (laughs) What are you talking about? We did it at Christmas. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) Anyway, if this couple calls the walk up steep to the rest of us, it would be like climbing the Matterhorn. I kid you not. They're very active and fit. And basically their goal from day one, when we started playing this trip is to see Italy by foot. And they are doing just that. They started in Sardinia. They were down in Puglia. They just left the Portofino, Cinque Terre area. And now they're in Bellagio, Lago di Como for two weeks. And then they're going to the Dolomiti. So This is their plan and it's working out fine. But again, I was hesitant about Bellagio. So my advice to them was that they should take advantage of early mornings and late nights since Bellagio is mostly full of day trippers. And as I mentioned, she was texting me today and it's day two of their trip in Bellagio. And she said exactly that quote, there are hardly any tourists before 10 a.m. and they're all gone by 8 p.m. So we can probably walk into any restaurant for dinner without a reservation. That is huge, that statement right there. Think of Rome. Think of Venezia. Think of Firenze. You could not go into a good restaurant in July without a reservation for dinner. So that's a one plus side. And let me just explain. This day tripper thing happens all over the country. But in the case of Lago di Como, most of the day trippers may arrive into the city of Como from Milano or wherever else. And they decide, okay, I want to see Lago di Como. 
and we need to go to Bellagio because I've heard it's the most beautiful. Therefore, the high-speed ferries from Como get to Bellagio in like an hour or an hour and a half or so, and the people on board get to see the villas that dot the lake, but from inside a high-speed ferry that is also very crowded with fellow day-trippers. Is it opportune? Is it the ultimate experience? No, but it may be good enough for them. And they, I mean, Lake Como is so beautiful. So for these people that are coming from Milano or wherever else just for one day, if this is what they can do, they do it. And is it beautiful? They they will leave and say, oh, it was amazing. However, I'm about to explain how you can see it in a better way. Yet these high-speed ferries run all day, every day. They start in Como. They go straight nonstop to Bellagio and they drop everyone off at the same dock. And that dock is not long. That little port there is condensed, right? And that's when the mayhem starts. Because the people are also waiting to board at the same yes, time. Yes, it is. Oh my God. Tommaso and I saw a photo in April at Easter that my friend from Chernobyl sent us. We're like, oh, April. It was Easter weekend. People waiting to get on, people trying to get off. It was complete and utter mayhem. It was really, no, no, I was going to say it was really chill in December. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We were the only people on the boat. It was perfect. It was awesome. (laughs) So this is where and when the mayhem starts at that dock when the boat lands. So all the people on the boat have to walk down that short dock and then they they kind of hesitate. They've never been there before. They get to the bottom of the dock and they're like, where should we go, right or left? Looks like most people are going right, so we'll go there. Then the crowds, everyone's just like mixed up. No one knows what they're doing. So most people kind of walk on the main little sidewalk because there aren't any real roads with cars. It's like walking sidewalks. And they either go straight up, which is pretty steep, but there are stone steps so you can take a break. It's not the path of the gods. No, but they go straight up or just along the waterfront. So the majority of these day trippers at the beginning don't know what to do. They see the crowds, they go along the waterfront, and then they see these beautiful little restaurants on the waterfront. And they think, oh, we should get a table now before it's crowded. So that's exactly what they do. They sit down. And they take a table and will they have a beautiful view? Of course. Will the food be good? Yes. But it's not the real Bellagio. It's just it's just what the day trippers do. Then they have their lunch and then they say, okay, let's walk around. If they can go up the hills, these steep sidewalks, they will. If they can't, they buy a few trinkets, they wait for the boat back. And this happens all day, every day. However, the real Bellagio is idyllic. It's stunning. And that's what my clients said at night. Just absolutely beautiful. And other day trippers going to Bellagio, for example, might be coming from the smaller villages where they're staying on the lake, which a lot of people do because it's much more reasonably priced than Bellagio. And those ferries are the smaller boats, the slower boats, which we much prefer because you can sit outside on the mm-hmm. bow or the stern, which we did in the end of December. Yes. It the was... weather was fine. Yes. We had jackets on and whatnot. That's okay. It was so fresh and would it, beautiful. Wouldn't it be the first time I was a little cold on a boat? 
<laughs> that's for sure. But anyway, so these smaller boats from the smaller villages go slow. You can see the beauty of everything. You take in everything at a slower pace. The flip side is these slower ferries leave earlier due to the fact that all ferries stop at sunset. No ferries will run past sunset depending on the time of the year. So let's say you're in Bellagio in July when the sun is still high until almost 10 o'clock, but they'll leave earlier so that by the time they get back to Como or up to Colico, wherever these boats started, they're in their slips, done for the night by sunset. So the day trippers going to Bellagio from smaller villages get there in a slower time frame. They leave earlier and then the whole place clears out when the last high-speed ferry back to Como ends. And that's what my client today said, 8 p.m., golden hour. And it's still (laughs) light because by the time the ferry leaves at 7.59, something like that, by the time it gets to Como, the sun's setting. Because they've stopped three or four or five times along the way. Oh, no, no, the high-speed ferry, direct. Oh. So anyway, 8 p.m., golden hour in Bellagio. So day trippers are a fact of life in Italy, and I don't mean to be critical of them at all. But in Lake Como, it seems to be more noticeable because, as I mentioned, all the boats arrive at the same place. And then the villages are condensed due to the fact that the mountains are right behind them. So there's no endless expanse of land to walk around for hours in order to get away from the crowds. So everyone is contained in a smallish type space. So that's what you have to prepare yourself for if you go in the high season. But these tips I'm about to give you will save the day. So my suggestion, if you're staying in a smaller village around Lake Como and you really want to go to Bellagio, take that small boat, the slow ferry we discussed, yet go a half an hour early to the boat dock that you're departing from so that you'll be the first in line and get that available seat on the bow or the stern like we just discussed. If the weather's nice, and you get that spot, just sit on it and soak it all in because it's stunning. That boat right up and down the lake, see all those villas? Magic. Right? Overused word on my part, but it's true. Magical. But no matter what time of year, I mean, clearly it's more stunning when all the vegetation and florals oh, yeah, out. Sure. But at, in late December, we were our mouths were agape. And I like lived there and I've been there a million <laughs> times. I'm like, oh, que bello. Anyway, so let's say you do that from your smaller village, you take the slower ferry, you get to Bellagio or Como or any other popular village, just get off the boat and immediately walk away from the main piazza where the boat lands. And I suggest do some research before you go to that particular village. Let's say you want to go to Como, do some research. What do you want to see there? And then the other key thing to do, my other suggestion, is to look at Google Maps and zoom way in and look for the pale yellow color. And that signifies all the historic areas. And a lot of my clients have not known this. They wondered why it was yellow. I'm like, it's the historic section. So if you stay in those pale yellow colors, you never know what you're going to find. That it's off the beaten track, but it's still it's still historic. And you might come across like this beautiful piazza or find the most perfect osteria for lunch that's filled with locals. 
So that's what I suggest. Just go off immediately away from the boat to the far ends and just meander. And that's exactly what Tommaso and I did in Como right after Christmas. Yes. You had not been for several years, but they keep their Christmas uh, markets, outdoor markets open for through January 3rd or something. And it was really warm when we were there. It yes. It was really pleasant. It was, but it we had lunch outside. We had lunch day, outside, but right? we went away. We went three or four streets in and had a beautiful lunch. Alfresco. Pizza, alfresco. And we had April spritz, as a matter of fact. In December. <laughs> it was like December 28th. Yes. It was awesome. And they had these little portable, what do you call those? Little heaters. With the flames. Yeah. They're attractive. And we're like, we don't need that. We're from <laughs> we're from New England, where it's always cold. So that's my suggestion, to just walk away from the boat dock, stay in the pale yellow colors of the Google Maps. You never know what you're going to find. So actually, I just want to go back to my clients in Bellagio for one last little tidbit, because just before I came up here to record this, they sent me a text and said they walked down to a smaller marina in Bellagio, not the main port, and they rented a motorboat for several hours this afternoon. And they sent me a selfie. Tommaso and I are not fans of selfie, but they're really good at it. And I cannot tell you how happy they look. This one picture, I'll show you after we record this, Tommaso. This photo, this selfie, the sky was perfectly blue and the water was sparkling. You know how iPhone photos can take just the most amazing images. The water was literally sparking and then the mountains were in the background coming in from either side. It was picture perfect proof of how beautiful Lago di Como is. And there they are today. July 3rd, height of the season. They found a little boat. They went out. And I mean, I don't know them, but I've never seen like happier clients in my life on a boat. It was awesome. Everything is better on a boat. That that (laughs) is very true. So once I decided to share that with you, I thought, well, if you don't want to drive your own boat, if that makes you uncomfortable... And if you don't want to take these public boats, the fast ferries or the small one, you can hire a private boat with a local captain to show you the lake. They do tours, like two hours, I think, is the shortest amount of time, four hours, eight hours, whole day. And these boats, I will say, are quite expensive to charter, to rent, due to the cost of fuel and to maintain these wooden hull beauties. Is the varnish. The varnish takes all winter to do right. Exactly. It's upkeep and maintenance, but oh my God, they're so incredible. But it's also like a once in a lifetime experience. So you may want to start saving up for this treat and take in the beauty of Lago di Como, like, you know, Giorgio Clooney and everybody else. And Giorgio and Amal Clooney will come out on the deck for $20,000 and wave to you. I doubt it. Okay. <laughs> That's not enough. Uh, all right. Well, just anyway. Throw a number out there. I, I waved you for that, Martin Monty. <laughs> Hold on. Can I take another sip? Yes. My spritz. The air conditioning's off, so I'm, I'm hot. What else is new? <laughs> all right. Carrying on. The other ways to avoid the masses on Lago di Como in the height of summer is to walk or hike on the endless paths or sentieri, as they're called. Sentiero means path, sentieri is plural. 
We spoke about these sentieres in one of our earlier episodes on Lago di Como, but in case some of you did not listen to that one. Or didn't take notes. <laughs> Do you take notes during a podcast? If you're driving, I always listen while I'm driving. I never can take notes. Ignore his comment there, everybody. <laughs> so these old medieval footpaths are everywhere around the lake. You can walk from one village to the next, depending where you're staying, or you can take a boat to the start of one and finish in another village hours later. And it's unlike anything. Again, medieval villages, which is how they used to get from point A to point B. The views are amazing. You're on these paths by yourself. They're just incredible. And you can find these hikes and sentieres on various websites like All Trails or MyComo website. And some of the trails are very easy and some are described as moderate and some are straight uphill. So be sure to take note of the difficulty. The other thing to keep in mind is to visit lesser known villages that have boat docks. And I'll list a few here that you may not have heard of and where there are less day trippers than Bellagio or Como. Torno is one. It's on the east side, right up from the city of Como. And now it's more well-known due to the fact there's a couple fabulous new hotels. But if you get off the boat in Torno, this teeny, teeny little dock, walk past the sweet little piazza that's literally like the size of our living room, and walk straight up the stone steps right in front of you. Just keep going up and up and up. And you pass the church, you pass all these people's homes. Just keep going up the steps and look for the sign with the word cimitero, C-I-M-I-T-E-R-O. And that means a cemetery. And this cimitero in Torno is unlike any cemetery you've ever seen. Not that I'm promoting cemeteries to be like high on your list for <laughs> for your vacation, but in Italy, they are incredible. They're absolutely amazing. And this Cimitero in Torno is on the waterfront, like prime location. It's been there for thousands of years. Perfect location, unbelievable sculptures, marble mausoleums, the size of small villas, like artwork, carvings, everything, everywhere. And they even have a cave that is built into the land and it's filled with skulls. They keep these skulls behind bars. It's almost like a jail bar and it's locked, but you can still see them. And I forget the specific part of the history of why they have them exposed, but there was something sweet about it. Like um, they would bring these skulls out to join in special celebrations at one point, but now they're just locked behind this bar. And I promise you, it's it's not creepy. It's cooler than you would think. All right. Another small village to check out is called Leno, which is also teeny. But from there, you can walk to Villa Babianello, which is totally worth visiting. Scene of one of the first James Bond movies with Daniel Craig, that unbelievable place. Remember the, you've never been there yet, but remember the movie? No. Villa Balbionello, totally worth visiting. Then you take this fabulous, beautiful walk back to Leno along the water where 
There are Ristorante, where you have the most idyllic pizza and gin tonica. You're looking at the side of the villa. You're looking across to the Isla Comachina. The whole thing is amazing. Leno, like who goes to Leno, right? No one's hardly ever heard of it. You can take a boat there. You can leave from there. It's perfect. There are so many of these teeny little villages to visit, and they have the same ancient architecture, the same history, faded frescoes and all the minuscule churches. There's just an abundance of places to visit in Lago di Como that are not as crowded as the greatest hits that everyone flocks to. However, to get to these villages, you need to figure out the boat schedule. There always is a however. Yes. And in this case, it's a huge however. (laughs) I think I've mentioned this before in a previous episode, but it's worth saying again. So all the lakes, Lago di Como, Lago Maggiore, Lago di Garda, they have the same over-the-top, complicated, annoying, ridiculous boat schedules that they now only offer in PDF. At least in my day, they were printed. Printed. And you needed like, you know, young eyes or a magnifying glass to figure it out. But they have not changed in the 25 years that I have lived there. So, 25 years since you lived there. Since I lived there, right. I was just wondering where (laughs) we were living. (laughs) They are in the smallest type, this PDF that comes in like a, basically a four point type. So you have to zoom in so far to see the name of the departing village. Then you have to scroll sideways. They haven't actually designed it for a phone, which most people are looking at. That's the what, user experience, UX design. Hello, someone jump on this. Some freelancer, get out there. Oh, my God. Brilliant idea. But then they would probably just not accept it. They say, okay, that's really good. Forget it. Give right. us the worst one. It's like the same thing of the, the mosquito spring. Mosquito <laughs> springs. No, I can't say Mosquito it. screens. Mosquito screens that I brought to Milano. Life-changing. They're like, oh, a miracolo. No, no, no. Can't do it. I am looking at these PDFs on my massive monitor. Imagine, just like you said, imagine looking at them on your phone like most of my clients do. And try and figure out how to get point to point. That's why I'm sharing this. It's really challenging. To a non-Italian, it is laughable how absurd these schedules are. So I make sure to prepare my clients with basically the same description I've just given you here. And then, you know, I send it to them. I write this big email, say how complicated it is, do this, do that. Then I hear back and it's all like uppercase, like, what? Are you crazy? All kinds of exclamations I won't go into. And so here's my secret, my secret sauce on how to get to and from the boats. All right. These locals know the schedule like they know how to make ravioli from scratch. Okay. (laughs) Just like I said, it's been the exact same for 25 years since I lived there. For all I know, it might be the same for 50 years, okay? So they have not changed. And they are exactly the same that the locals have grown up with. So if you befriend the barista in a local coffee shop, or if you're staying in a hotel with a concierge, just politely ask them to help you figure out how to get from point A to point B. Let's say, let's say you're staying in Chernobyl and you want to go to Argenio, which is on the same side. You think that would be easy? No. 
the boat zigzag from side to side. It's Italy. Right? Okay. So if you asked a local, just befriend somebody, be really, really kind and polite when you ask them. And I kid you not, these these locals probably won't even have to look at the map that you're trying to show them horizontally on your phone. And they'll say, hmm, well, I'm just making this up, you know, not times and stuff. But they'll say, oh, let's see, you could take the 1240 boat from Chernobyl and arrive at 1350. And depending how long you stay, you could take the 1610 boat back south, but actually it goes north for a while, it goes up to Bellagio, then it has to come back. So at that point, you might as well have just taken the 1830 boat from Archenio <laughs> down to Chernobyl. But, and then there's always a but, but don't miss it because that'll be the last one. There's always that. And it's really bad if you're stuck on the other side. If you get stuck in Varena, I just corrected myself a couple episodes again. I've been calling Varena, Varena forever. Varena it is. If you get stuck in Verena, which is above Bellagio on the far east side of the lake, if you miss the last boat and you're staying like in Menaggio or Chernobyl on the west side, the taxi ride will cost you hundreds and hundreds of euro. <laughs> and then all you're going to remember is that local barista going, but don't miss the last boat. <laughs> Whatever happens, don't miss the last boat. Okay. So it has taken me 25 years to finally feel comfortable with these schedules. But I will say, I completely sympathize with my clients and or friends when they see it for the first time. And I have this client leaving in a couple of weeks, a week or so. And he asked me last week if we could have a phone call to go over the boat schedule. Because <laughs> he wants to go a lot of places and do a lot of hikes start in one village, hike down to the other. And it was so intimidating. So we got on the phone. Each of us had the schedules on big monitors and he finally got it after like 45 minutes. He's like, thank you so much. By the way, this guy that I'm just talking about, he's a very cool man and he's traveling solo and he chose to stay at one of my favorite places, the boathouse that I mentioned in a previous episode. And he chose it out of all the other options because it's in a sleepy village with no boat dock, no public boat dock. That means zero tourists, except the other guests in the five other rooms. But when we first spoke, also last summer, and he said, I only have time to go in July, and this is what I want to do. I said, well, do you want to deal with crowds or do you want to be in a remote place? He chose this. So you can make it happen. He's going to walk down the lake to this teeny village that has like maybe one or two boats a day and or he's hired a private bike guide I found for him. He's going to drive into Swiss, uh, ride into Switzerland one day on an e-bike and then do all these hikes. He wanted to be away from the crowds and it will be perfect because he won't have to deal with any of that mayhem by staying in a village without a public boat dock. But you just definitely have to make a bigger effort to figure out how to get around. All right, Alora. In summary, there are so many options of how to avoid the crowds in Lago di Como, even at the peak of the travel season. You can do the same as this client I just mentioned and embrace the sleepy villages to stay in and revel in the quiet to the point you don't even know. There's a thousand tourists a few kilometers away. 
Or you can do like the first couple I spoke about and stay in Bellagio, but just figure out how to avoid the crowds and enjoy it on your own terms. Hey, basta, amici. We may, we're hoping to get our friend Jane in soon to record an episode with us because she's a good friend who went to Italy for her first time last month. And as much as we told her and as much as she knew before going in, it was so much more than she hoped for, than she expected. And what was the biggest takeaway? Well, we won't tell you. We'll wait no, till we do no. the episode. No. Okay. Jane, no pressure, but um, Jane, <laughs> Liz, Liz, if you're listening, call Jane. Oh, right. <laughs> Liz went on my Hidden Cub 3 trip last. Yep. Um, call Jane and tell her to get her took us down to Jamestown. Yeah. All right. Basta. Okay. Thank you very much, everyone. Thanks for all the comments, feedback, podcast reviews, podcast ratings, and all the travel planning business. Ciao, ciao. Grazie mille. Ciao, ciao.